Hey, this is Tolly Wilkins of Captivate Church, and we're so glad you've joined us on our podcast today. This is one way that we can take our message from Baltimore all across the world. We pray that today encourages you, inspires you to become the man or woman that God's designed you to be. I want you to start off by doing something this morning. I want you to look to someone near you, and I want you to tell them and mean it. Now, I want you to mean it. It's important you mean it. I want you to tell them you belong. You belong. Ready? Turn to your, turn to your neighbor you belong. Now turn to the neighbor you didn't like as much. You belong. It was a joke. You like them. It's not fair. I'm asking you to pick. But listen, it's so important that we, um, we understand that, that uh, sometimes there's, there are people that think about faith and think about God and think about church. And one of the, the beginning statements that we have in our own mind is like, I don't belong there. I, I, I don't belong a part of that group or those people or the religious stuff I see on TV. And that, that doesn't fit me. And I'm not even sure if I, I like that vibe or what that's about. Um, or even if in, you're inside the church, you know, the, the, so many people, the greatest hurts that they have came from inside the church, maybe when they were a kid or growing up. And as a result, we kind of just dusted our hands and, and said, you know what? I don't want that. That's not what I want. It doesn't look like what love should look like. It doesn't look like Jesus in the flesh. And really, that's all Jesus is. He's God in the flesh, and he's love revealed um, through, through the power of, of Christ. And so Jesus lived a perfect life, and he voluntarily died on the cross to build you and I into the body of Christ. We've been walking through a series called The Body. And the body is essentially the, the body of Christ. Each part of us are a valuable member as we've been studying. You're a valuable part of the body. And maybe you say, well, well, pastor, I'm not even a Christian yet. Well, good. Let's make you a Christian so we can make sure you're plugged into the body. And so you might say, well, I'm a Christian, but I'm not really plugged in. I'm not using my gifts. I don't really feel like that I'm, I'm all that significant. Well, if you go back and watch some previous messages, you'll find out you are significant. There is no insignificant part in the kingdom of God. There's no significant, insignificant part in the body of Christ. But today, very simply, um, I, I want to bring us together and I want to remind all of us about how we come to that body and, and how much we are um, a part of that body. You, in fact, belong in the body. The scripture says in Ephesians 3, starting in verse 1, For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming you've heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, and as I've written brief, briefly, what you read is, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. Which was, not made, um, well, which was not made known to the sons of man in other generations as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by his spirit. Now, the mystery is that the Gentiles, everybody say Gentiles. Gentiles. The Gentiles are fellow heirs. They're fellow heirs, members of the what? The same body. And partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And you might start off and just say, wow, what is the big significance here? This is huge. When it comes to, to I was going to quote Donald Trump, but that would be like really, really, it's just there. It's just there. It's easy fruit. I'm not going to do it. But, but it's just huge. It's a big, big thing. It's a big thing that we look and just say, what's going on here? Well, he said, listen, the mystery that's been revealed, 
It's not like something new or crazy. It's just something that, 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 that wasn't revealed until then. God had chosen the people of Israel, the Jewish people. There were 12 tribes. One specifically kind of dominated the scene at the time. And, and, and so as we follow the faith, we find out that, you know what? We don't really know. We think that we're, we're it, like we're God's chosen people. And the scripture is very clear that, yeah, that's, that was God's plan. Like, hey, I'm setting you apart and I'm making you special. And I'm going to love on you. And my grace on you is going to show the world of, of my power. And so time after time after time, God would do that. Well, here comes Christianity. And Christianity brings this message in and says, hey, you know what? Paul says, there, there's this, this message that I need you to get. There's this mystery. And the mystery is that this love that God has, it's not just for the Jewish people. In fact, it, it's for the Gentiles. And in that day, if you were a religious Jew, you'd look and you'd just be like, this is blasphemy. This is crazy. This is absolutely nuts. Like, God loves us. And I really feel like in the church world, sometimes in the Christian world, we can become the same way. We can take on that same mindset that just goes, no, God's got, God's got plans for me. Think about a lot of the worship songs. Think about a lot of stuff you see. Think about how, how um, inwardly cultural Christians can get to where we just go, well, I'm the favored one. And what happens is you forget that the mystery that was revealed through Jesus is that God's love extends well beyond that. God's love doesn't have a boundary or a border to it. In coming to Jesus, everyone has equal access, equal standing, an equal promise before God. In coming to Christ, when a person surrenders their life and says, you know what, I'm not going to get to heaven on my own good works. I'm not going to get to heaven because I'm a good guy. I'm not going to get to heaven because I'm a good lady. I'm not going to get to heaven because I give money to a church. I'm not going to get to heaven because I know people or because I have a title inside of an organization. I'm not going to get to heaven by anything I can do or contribute. Well, how do I get to heaven? I get to heaven by surrendering my life over to the one that made it. I surrender my life to Jesus Christ. And Jesus, he looked down at me and my sin. The scripture says that while, uh, while I was still a sinner, Christ died for, for me. That even before I had anything to contribute to the gospel of sa uh, saving grace, that, that God did all the work to say, you know what? I want Tali in my kingdom. And so what does that leave for you and me? For you and me, it leaves us to say, you know what? All of us are going are gonna to pass away. As a pastor, one of the, the toughest things that I have to do is, is funerals. And one of the hardest things to do at a funeral is to, to see somebody that, that everybody who comes up and talks about them just celebrates kind of, you know, mascara and makeup or, or a sports team or they really like to vacation at this spot. Or people that say, well, they're such a good person. And, and the scripture, the gospel says, you know what? None of us are perfect. Not including and are including and especially the preacher. And so you and I, we've got to come to grips with something pretty real and pretty raw and pretty basic. That, that, that without Christ, we're, we're not in that family. But, but with Christ, all of us are invited into that family. And so in your life and in my life, we have an opportunity to say, you know what? I, I don't claim the name of Tolly to go to heaven. I don't claim the good works of Tolly. I don't claim the, the titles and positions or money for Tolly to be made right with God. I claim the name of Jesus to be made right with God. And so, so in, in this, we all have equal access. The gospel is for the Gentiles too. See, at this time, there would be an other. There would be, we are the religious folk, and you guys don't know Jack. 
And they were kind of content with that. And as, as a Christian church, as a Christian body, as a Christian person, you and I should never be content with that. We should look at everybody we see throughout the week and when we go about our days, when we're sitting in class, when we're out at the job, everywhere we go, we should look and say, I'm not content with the fact that they don't know the love of God. But man, they can. We live in a culture where there's pockets of people that are fighting against each other all the time. And we've got to be the peacemakers. We've got to be the ones that come in and say, you can be part of the family of God too. In fact, he wants you. He loves you so much that he died for you. And your value is not based on what you can produce or what you can generate. Your value is what anyone is willing to pay. And God's son, Jesus, came, lived, and died. He was willing to pay with his own life to have you in the family. You're that loved. You're that valuable. You're that special to God. He cares for you. You have equal access to everyone around you. In fact, in that day, they thought that they had to do religious rituals of circumcision in order to be cut apart. I mean, that was part of the law. But the problem is, is that in Romans chapter 2, Romans chapter 2 says, you know what? That what they needed cut away wasn't just a piece of foreskin. They need to cut open their hearts. They, they need to have a, a, a new kind of a cutting away. Don't you know in this room, many of us, we also need a new cutting away. We need to, to realize that, that, that we can be humbled before God and say, God, you are my Savior. You have done everything for me. It's a radical kind of love that was poured out for you and for me. So equal access, equal standing. Your childhood, your family lines, even your past behaviors don't matter when it comes about access to God. What matters before God is your willingness to surrender to God. What matters before God is your willingness to surrender. You say, well, what God can't work with me. God can't work with pride. God can't work with you giving him the Heisman. But God can work with somebody that says, you know what? I'm not God. And, and, and I didn't make me. And, and my parents, they, they, they had some fun and I'm here, but that doesn't mean that they designed me either. You're allowed to giggle once in a while in church. But, but, but I'm here and I'm, I'm designed by a designer. The Bible says that, that, that before that anyone even knew my name, he knew me. The Bible says that, that God um, knew me in my most in, innermost place. When I'm in my mother's womb, he knew me. And so salvation is about me going back to the one that knew me and designed me and invented me and thought up this idea called Tali. And so salvation is saying, Lord, I, I surrender this, this body, this mind, this soul. I surrender this to you, and I want you to pick me up and send me out and tell me what to do. I, I want to see what it would be like if I got to actually move and function and live and have my being the way you designed it. And I tell you what, when you're in Christ, it's a, an, an incredible feeling to be able to live Christ knowing that the author and perfecter of your faith is the author and designer of your, your soul and your DNA. And you go out and you have this confidence to just say, man, as long as I say yes to God, it's all going to be good. And so you and I, we... We need to surrender to the one that made us. Equal promise. Equal promise. It says that, that we'll, we'll tap into this, this promise. The partakers of the promise of Christ through the gospel. Your future hope is as bright as anyone else around you. When Christ is your savior, friend, leader, forgiver, you are never alone. You have every access to every promise of God that is over your life. And so you and I, we have equal access and we have equal promise. Every one of us who would trust in Christ. This was radical at the time. It's radical for us 
even now. Of this gospel, verse 7, of this gospel I was made to minister according to the gift of God's grace, which is given me by the working of his power. Can you say his power? God's grace over you is not because of anything you can do to earn it. I want you to understand, you cannot, you can't look over and tell somebody. I was talking to Pastor Chris about this um, the other day. I was like, I don't really look at people's outside moral behavior and just say, well, that's completely indicative of their spirit. I have no idea. I have no idea. Because the problem is, is that I've been in a lot of church places where the deacons themselves weren't saved. And I've been in and I walk in and I'm like, you don't even know God, but you have a title. And they're pretty moral and they hide a lot of behavior and they look really rigid and nice. And you just look and say, wow, they must walk with God. No, they are better fakers than you. Now, granted, sometimes a person that genuinely is walking with God carries himself with with dignity and, and kindness. But here's the thing. That's not necessarily automatic that if you carry yourself with dignity and you're kind and you Watch your mouth and you don't do certain behaviors that all of a sudden, well, you must be a great Christian. No, you could be rotten to your core. In fact, isn't that what Jesus talked about? He said, hey, you guys, you get Pharisees, you got to clean up. You guys clean up the outside really good, but the inside you are rotten. And this is what the world is looking at and what uh, passes itself for Christianity today is a lot of people that try to clean up nice, but all of their skeletons come out eventually. But the solution is not to look at that and say, well, I want nothing to do with that family of God. That's not the solution. The solution is, is to, for you and I to clean out both, like Jesus said. He said, clean up the outside, sure. But man, do the hard work of cleaning up the inside. Go into the inward man and do the work. Go into your spirit. Go into the, when you have doubts and questions and wrestling, just take it to God and say, God, would you clean this up about me? I want to be pure on the inside and out. but it's the working of his power. It's not our works. To me, though I am very least of all the saints, his grace was given to preach to the Gentiles, to the, un, the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through you and through me. Is that not a weighty responsibility? Like you and I might look at that and go, wow, through the church. Like Paul said, hey, he's preaching this message that the gospel's for everybody and that you need to come in, jump in, the water's fine. But it's through the church that this great mystery is to be revealed. It's through the church that his unsearchable riches in Christ, the wisdom of God might be made known through the church. Well, my friends, that's you and me. We're the body of Jesus Christ. You and I have got to wake up every day and not just say, hey, what can I get out of religion? Hey, what can, I, what can I just download out of the Bible today for me? You know, many people that do Bible study and study the scriptures, that's exactly the end of what their goals are. God, I want to be a good person today. Tell me what I can do. And it really needs to be, no, 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 Lord. I want to be part of your magnificent, universal church that's revealing the richness of your grace and the goodness of the gospel, the glory of God all of the wisdom of the mystery of God revealed on earth so that when people are trapped in darkness and when people don't know where to turn and when people don't know why life hurts and when people don't know how to de- handle death and when people don't know how to handle their marriage and when people don't know how to handle their, their resources, all of it can make sense underneath of the framework of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so God, I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to look in my Bible 
and I need you to teach me how to become that person. I want you to teach me how to become a person that reveals the goodness and the glory of Jesus every day. Not just download something to make me feel good. This was according to the eternal purposes that he realized in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness. Everybody say boldness. In Christ we have boldness and access. Everybody say access. We have boldness. We have access with confidence. Everybody say confidence. Confidence through our what? faith through our faith in him so I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you which is your glory in Christ the sharing of the gospel is a blessing and not a burden Paul says you know what I've got access to to the because of the gospel of Christ I've got boldness to share I've got access and I've got confidence through faith and at the end he says so I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering so he was going through a lot of suffering to be able to share the gospel around the world and he was like you know what don't lose heart over me I, I I'm good. But you know, many of us, we don't even want to share the gospel with others because we feel like it's a burden. And we feel like we might become a burden to them or we feel like we might overwhelm them or we feel like it's a burden to us because, man, people might think I'm weird. People might think I'm awkward. And and Paul said, you know what? No, no, no. When you know Christ, in Christ, the sharing of the gospel, it's a blessing to be able to do it. God's given me everything I need to be able to tell other people about his love. Like how hard is that to to be able to say, you know what? I really do believe that you're, you're not snot that was hit with electricity that happened to multiply and become a mutant called Tolly. Like I I think you're more than that. And being more than that, I want to tell you have value and purpose and and you're a part of something bigger than this. And there's a, there is a cosmic storyline at play. And, And as a result, I just want to tell you about his name. His name is Jesus. And you know what? The best thing about heaven is you don't have to earn your way there. You don't have to pretend to be fake. You don't have to do a bunch of stuff. But all you have to do is say yes to God. Say yes to the God that made you. There's somebody in this room, I believe today, that that you're ready to say yes to God. But in Christ, we get boldness and access with confidence. Boldness and access and confidence. You can know something with certainty in this uncertain world. You can know that you're loved by the creator of the world. For this reason, it says, verse 14, for this reason, I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with the power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith. There's that word again, faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Paul's pleading in here, and he's like, you know what? I, I, I want you to join with all the other saints and come into that body of Christ, come into that family of God, and, and, and simply surrender to him and, and let him fill you back up with, with knowledge of his mystery and his wonder and his wisdom. And you can turn around and, and, and reproduce him in the world. Then it goes into one of the most taken out of context verses in all of human history. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church in Christ Jesus through all generations. I say that not that it's the verse itself. I say it that most people when they're uh, touching on that verse, um, they try to attach uh, (laughs) 
God to their plan. And they say, well, gee, if he can do more than I can imagine, then that means the secret is just, I just got to imagine more. And it's such a petulant way to live, to believe that you can snap your fingers and the God of the universe is going to just fix all your stuff. But the mysteries of God being revealed, the ability for us to surrender to him and to say, God, you pick up this life and send me where you want to go. God, you pick up this life and do with me what you will. It's that surrender that in my own testimony that a kid from inner city Baltimore in a housing project can have the life that I have only simply surrender, surrender, surrender and say yes to God and let Him continue to, to bend you towards His will and His way. And after a while, can I give you a secret? It takes an enormous amount of faith, especially at the beginning. But I tell you what, the more you see God show up, the less you question God. And the more you start saying yes, even with a little nudge. You don't need to be pulled. At the very beginning, most of us, we need to have our arm twisted. We've got to be down to nothing. And our salvation story says, oh man, I was in a car accident and I almost you know, died. And that's when I suddenly came to faith. Or this person walked out of me and then I came. And it's always these rock bottom stories. And they're not invalid. It's just that we don't necessarily need always to get to the bottom before we rise to the top. We could actually just simply stop and say, God, I'm good. I'm going to follow you. And then over time, when you say yes to God, eventually you just start to hear a whisper and you'll move on a whisper. You don't need the hurricane. You don't need the winds. You don't need the fires raging. You just need a whisper from God. But it all takes faith. It all takes faith. There's a God that knows you and loves you and desires for you to know him. He wants to grant you the strength that you need to lay down your own ways and become part of his family. And rooted and grounded in love, I want you to comprehend today with all the saints, God's love for you in Christ. Did you notice it says with all the saints, the desire is for you to, to understand what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you might be filled with the fullness of God. My friends, friends and family day, I want to encourage you. Do you know the height, the width, the breadth, and the depth of God's love for you? Do you, do you walk in the reality of the fact that you are somebody made in the image of God's Son, loved relentlessly, and that your faith is a journey of you continuing to learn and grow in just exactly how much God loves you. And when you're overwhelmingly loved that way, you have no problem turning around and in obedience, letting go of what used to bring you love. Some of you are trying to find love in, in money or status or clothing or a boy, or a girl, or you're sleeping with somebody, or whatever, you're, you're through your kids even, good things. We can, we can take good things and make them God things, and they become bad things. But all of us in this room today, I wonder if there would be somebody that says, you know what, I've been trying to find fulfillment through all these other things, and in the meantime, the Scripture says that 
I, I can be fulfilled by the overwhelming amount of love that God has for me. So much so that Jesus came to die for me. And I don't have a relationship with God and I don't go to heaven based on my good works or good deeds or if I'm a part of Captivate Church. I don't go to heaven for that. I go to heaven if I'll simply say yes to God and I'll surrender my ways. 